Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, are you wanting to take your faith to the next level? Anything worth anything in life, you will have to fight for. There will be obstacles, there will be challenges, and you have to decide how bad do I want it and how strong is my faith driving me to the thing that God has put in my heart. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On today's broadcast, Pastor Mark asks an important question. What are you willing to do to get to Jesus? Now, for one man, that moment came when his friends took extraordinary measures to lower him through a rooftop into Jesus' presence. And Mark, that does seem extreme to us. I mean, can you imagine tearing up the roof of your home? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've, I've had situations where I've had a lot of drywall and mess around my home. None of us want it, Wayne. No. I, I have a son that wants to make a bookshelf in his room, and it involves tearing up a bunch of drywall. And I have been saying no to him one day just because I don't want to yeah. deal with the mess. But if it helps him get to Jesus, you're okay with absolutely, that. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay. Let's get to today's message in Luke chapter 5. Bold Steps message called Breaking Through Your Ceiling. Number one, if you are stuck today and God is leading you to break through a ceiling, I want you to write this down. Take note of this. Number one, seize the moment. There are opportunities that you cannot afford to miss. You need to seize the moment. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, one day Jesus was teaching... And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Now this account is found in a couple passages in scripture. And you know if it's repeated, it's important because we need to hear it more than once. It's found in Mark chapter 2 verses 3 through 12. It's found also... In Matthew chapter 9, verses 2 through 8, Jesus is at the house. Most scholars believe it was Peter's mother-in-law's house. And he's there teaching, and people have heard about Jesus, so there's a big crowd of curiosity seekers. Some people were there antagonistically against Jesus. Some people were there because they had a sick person or they had a need. Others were there just to try to catch Jesus saying something wrong because they were against him. Have you ever had to speak in somewhere where you knew that someone in the audience was there because they were against you, not because they were for you? Has that ever happened to you? You know, you have to watch your word. I don't feel like that on Sunday morning most of the times, by the way. I feel like I'm among friends. But Jesus was speaking and some Pharisees and scribes were in the crowd and they were anti-Jesus. And the crowd is packed out, but there's a paralytic that hears that Jesus is in town. And not only does he hear that Jesus is in town, he also hears, it it seems to be that the presence of God was present to heal the sick at that moment. So Jesus was in town. The presence of the Lord was there to heal the sick. 
He had some friends that were willing to take him, and he was willing to go. That's called an opportunity, a kairos moment. You know, there are so many people in life that miss opportunities because we wait too long. How about it? You're waiting for the orange line to go downtown. You're standing there, and you're so immersed in your Facebook, Facebook status and the selfie that you're taking and trying to post that Instagram that you hear the train in the background, but by the time you try to get in, the door is closed. There was a moment of opportunity where the door was open, but then it closes and you're going to be late to work because the same opportunities don't continue to exist time after time. There's windows that open and windows that close. You have to step into the opportunities when God opens them. It's a Kairos moment. Some of you are here and you've missed great opportunities in life because you were full of fear and full of doubt. And when God said move, you didn't move. I believe that if you're going to break through ceilings, there comes a time when you have to face your fears and say, I refuse to continue to live the way I'm living. I refuse to continue to be stuck how I've been stuck. It's time for me to change, and I will step through this window of opportunity, even though it may be hard. Because how many of you know if you don't step through that window of opportunity, opportunity passes you by? I know there's, I've heard this story before, some woman that's there and saying, you know, I've been dating him for four years, waiting, him, waiting for him to pop the question. Waiting for the ring. It's not coming. He keeps saying later, later. I'm working on it. I'm saving money. It's not the right time. And after a while, she finally says, you know what? I'm moving on. And then he says, no, no, hold on, honey. Wait, wait. I'm getting it. It's almost there. And she says, sorry, you missed the boat. And she moves on. He just missed a window of opportunity because he waited too long. The Bible tells us that the time was right for this man to have a breakthrough in his life. And I've been praying for some of you, and I believe that the time is right for some of you to have an incredible breakthrough in your life. I've been praying through a breakthrough of ceilings for some of you that have been stuck. I don't know exactly what your story is or how you've been stuck, but I'm believing, I'm believing that some of you are going to leave this service today with a new power to live in a different way because you faced the ceiling. You've taken out the sledgehammer and you, saw, you said, come on, I'm going to break through the ceiling and get to the root of the problem that's keeping me stuck. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Not only do we need to seize the moment, but we also need to expect obstacles. Expect obstacles because every major breakthrough will be preceded by personal challenges. Look what it says in verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. The account in Mark chapter 2 tells us specifically that there were four men. There were four men that not only did they know it was the opportunity to take their friend to the presence of Jesus, but they also understood that obstacles could not keep them from doing 
what God had put on their hearts to do. Obstacles could not keep them from their dream. The Bible tells us that when they got to the house, where they heard that Jesus was at, they heard that Jesus was there, uh, someone decided, had this crazy idea that if they took the, their friend who was paralyzed and picked up each side and took him to Jesus, that maybe Jesus could bring about a difference. That's called a seed of faith. I, I believe that when you believe that Jesus can make a difference and you take action, that's called faith. They didn't just believe that Jesus could make a difference. Their faith drove them to do something about their friend that was paralyzed. And so they grabbed each of a corner of his mat and they took him to Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law's house. When they got to the house, the house was full. People were overflowing on the outside. And so I imagine that they tried to get in. Excuse me, can I get through here in a Pharisee case? Get, get behind me, come on, I'm... We're all here in line. So they tried to get in. They tried to make their way in the house, but the crowd was tight. And so they got there, and they had a decision to make when they faced an obstacle. Number one, they could have said, okay, well, we tried, and it didn't work. You see, sometimes we let people keep us away from the presence of Jesus. Someone hurts you years ago when you went to some church, a father that didn't do what he was supposed to, a pastor that broke your trust, a, a, a friend of yours that didn't follow through, an ex-spouse that really bashed you or messed up your faith, someone that you thought was going to, something was going to happen and it didn't, and you say, well, I don't go to church or I don't go to the house of God or I'm not really into organized Christianity because of because these people that are there are keeping me from God. And look at all the people with issues. Let me tell you something. If, you, if someone has issues, well, hello, they should be in the house of God. God is the one that deals with issues. He's the one that changes us. He's the one that, this is not a place for perfect people. This is a place for people that acknowledge they have issues and are coming to God to say, God, I need you deeply in my life. So here's the thing. They got to the front door of the house and there was obstacles that were there. And the Bible says, and when they could not find a way to do this, they had an idea. Listen, faith is the force that drives us to push through the challenges that we cannot overcome in the natural. Faith gives us creative ideas to do stuff that we would not normally think about. Faith says, I will not allow any obstacle to keep me from the vision and the dream that God is driving me towards. I will find a creative, supernatural way to do that. Some of us find one obstacle and we turn away and say, I tried. No, you didn't try. You gave up. You didn't try. You gave up. You didn't give it a chance. The first time an obstacle showed up, you turned around and said, well, I guess it doesn't work. No, 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 no. You didn't make it work. Anything worth anything in life, you will have to fight for. There will be obstacles. There will be challenges in the spiritual world, financial world, physical world, relational world. Anything that's worth anything at all in life will be accompanied with obstacles. And you have to decide how bad do I want it and how strong is my faith driving me to the thing that God has put in my heart.
not only must we expect obstacles, but we must synergize our faith. The power of combined faith can overcome obstacles that solo faith cannot overcome. In verse 19, it says, when they could not find a way, when they could not find a way because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And I always picture that someone had to come up with the crazy idea to dig a hole in the roof and be able to lower this man in front of Jesus. There's always a crazy among your friends. How about it? Come on, you know who it is. Already, you, someone came to your mind. One of the four says, I got an idea. Uh-oh, remember last time you had an idea? It didn't turn out to, I got an idea. What if we climb on the roof and we dig a hole and, and, and lower him down? They're like, are you nuts? I mean, this is not even our house. And what's the lady going to say? And what if we drop him? And, and who's going to fix the roof? And what about insurance? Nah, we got to do it. Come on, are you with me or not? All right. Sometimes it takes someone halfway crazy to do things for God. Sometimes faith can make us do things that seem a little out of the box, a little crazy in the natural. And so these four men carry their paralytic friend up on the roof of the house. And I could see the crazy guy, you know, the, the guy that just is impulsive. He's counting. I think, let me see, let me see where Jesus would be. Aha, right here. Let's dig right here, guys. So they start digging. They start pulling up tiles, making a hole. Thinking, hey, this is where it's at. I kind of envision it like this. You know, they're, they're pulling up tiles and, all right, here's a tile. Yeah, there he is. Right there. Yeah, right in front of Jesus. We nailed the spot. So they're trying to make the hole a little bit bigger. They try to get the paralyzed, put him in there. No, you know, his hips aren't going through. Make the hole a little bit bigger. So they're making the hole a little bit bigger. Now, if you're down looking up, it's pretty distracting when someone's making a hole in the roof little pieces of debris are falling on the head of Jesus. Straw is coming down. And so finally they make a hole and, and, and they see a head pop out and then suddenly a body starts getting lowered down. Imagine it. A body's being lowered down by four friends. This is a crazy idea. This is someone going out of the normal box. This is someone finding a solution to bring their friend to the presence of Jesus. When Jesus saw him, oh, I love this. I love the heart of our Savior. Jesus sees them lowering this man, four of them together. And he doesn't say, what are you doing? Who's going to pay for the ceiling? You're disrupting my meeting. The Bible says that when Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. You know what's powerful about this? is He doesn't say when he saw his faith. It says when he saw their faith. In the Greek, this is plural, which means that he saw a combined faith of five people synergized together to do something that in their own power they would not be able to do. Oh, man, there's revelation right there that someone needs to grasp. Do you realize, yeah, hear me. Do you realize 
That there are certain people, there are some of you that are stuck, not because you cannot overcome it, but because you're too stubborn and too proud and too private to allow anybody else into your struggle. And so you struggled with the same thing over and over, and you never let anybody else into the circle to help you out. And so you're stuck at a ceiling. It takes sometimes a combined faith where you tell other people around you, I cannot do this by myself. Myself. I need your help to help me out. I need you to believe with me. But together, we could do this. I can break through my ceiling if I have some accountability. I can break through my ceiling if someone prays with me. I can break through my ceiling if you believe with me that I can break over this ceiling. There are some men in this auditorium that you think that, hey, you've been struggling with your marriage for so long, but you refuse to get any counseling. You refuse to get any help. You're too proud to say, I need help. There are certain people in this auditorium struggling with addiction. And you think you can overcome it on your own. You think, but you're too proud to get help. Too proud to say, I need help. Too proud to say, I cannot overcome this on my own. And you will stay stuck until you open up, tear down your walls, and say, I need to travel to the road to victory with other people that are going to help me out. The Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. Faith is that which says, it's not yet happened, but I believe it will. Faith is saying, I trust the God who has the power to do this. And if I just get my issue and my problem in front of the presence of Jesus, I believe that he can do something about it. And it says, when he saw their faith, he said, friend. Not sick guy. Not disruption. Not problem person. A term of endearment, friend. You know, some of you look at your life right now and you think, man, I'm a, I have issues. I'm a this, I'm a that. I'm a failure. I'm an addict. I'm a divorcee. I, I'm a bankrupt person. I'm a prodigal. But when God sees you, he doesn't label you with a past failure. That may explain your past, but it does not define your present. And it sure doesn't dictate your future. When God sees you, he says, friend, a term of endearment. Like, man, I love you. I care for you. You matter to me. Even in your paralyzed state, I care about who you are and how you are. Friend, I know your name and your secrets and your heart. I've seen you, followed your story. I've tracked you. I've walked with you. I care about your destiny. You're not anonymous to me. You're not an enigma to me. You are my friend. That's what God speaks into some of your lives today. You are friend of the Almighty God. He sees you in that capacity. And then the Bible says, lastly, and I close with this, listen, not only seize the opportunity to expect obstacles, synergize your faith, but th number four, step into your new reality. 
Some people will always question the work of God in your life. Verse 21, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up right in front of them, and he took what he had been laying on, and he went home praising God. You see, here's what I want you to know today. The paralytic came because he needed to walk. Jesus knew that he needed more than just to walk. He needed God to touch his spirit. You may be here and think, I need God to answer my prayer in the physical, in the financial, in the relational, in the emotional. But I want to tell you something. God hasn't finished his work until he touches the spiritual. You could be healed physically and still be in great need of God spiritually. Your marriage can be restored and you could still be in great need of God spiritually because the spiritual and the emotional, the relational and the physical are all tied together. They are not separate from one another. God could solve your problem and you could still walk out in great need if he has not touched your spirit. Jesus said, not only get up and walk, but your sins are forgiven. He knew that the greatest need that this man had was not the solution to his immediate problem, that his problem was not his problem, that the real problem lie in the spiritual realm. And some of you here are calling out to God and you think that your problem is your problem and God knows that your real problem is deeper than what you think. You think that your problem is a physical circumstance to overcome and God understands that your real problem lies within your spirit. Well, you can't help but respect this man who broke through the roof to meet Jesus. This is Bold Steps, featuring the Bible teaching of Mark Job. He's with me in the studio for a closing word of application, so stay with us. But first, I'll encourage you to reach for a pen and paper so you're ready to jot down our contact information. Time is running short to request a copy of a book that Mark has recommended, but more on that in just a moment. You know, Mark, most of us have never really considered busting through a ceiling to meet with God, but sometimes it takes a bold step like that, doesn't it? It really does, and this story is so inspiring because they have to take unusual steps. Sometimes getting to Jesus is not easy, Mm. and you, you get to the door and it's crowded, and maybe someone listening to me has been discouraged in the pursuit of God. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone in church has disappointed you or failed you or you don't feel like you fit in. I want to encourage you, bust through that ceiling. The presence of Jesus is worth it. And for those of us who are friends of someone who needs to get to God, we have a role to play as well. Absolutely. And that's the heart of this story. I believe in our society there are people so paralyzed by fear, doubt, cynicism, discouragement, that unless it has friends that can lift them up and bring them to the presence of Jesus, they'll never come. 
Well, Mark, as we think about pursuing the presence of Jesus, I think now is a perfect time to tell our listeners about our special Bold Step gift we're offering at this moment. Yeah, that's right. So we are excited to offer At the Table with Jesus with Louis Giglio. This is a 66-day devotional. But what I love about it, it's all about Jesus. So it's the idea of sitting at the table with Jesus, learning about who he is, his character, his heart, his passion. And uh, Louis has a way of just bringing things down to earth in a very practical way. And so we'd love to put this book into your hand, especially as you get going on this new year. Yeah, we're all thinking about how we can make this new year a better year spiritually for us. What a great way to start is with uh, Louis's book, At the Table. So if you would like a copy, ask for it when you give a gift of any amount to support the Ministry of Bold Steps. Call 844-615-7363. Again, that's 844-615-7363. Or give online at boldstepsradio.org. Or send your gift to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Ask for your copy of At the Table with Jesus. And then before we close today, let me remind you to go and subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast so you can hear these biblical teachings wherever you go in this new year. And when you subscribe, why don't you also leave a comment so we know why you listen to the program and how God is using it in your life. We'd love to have some feedback from you on the podcast. So sign up at boldstepsradio.org. Just search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job in your podcast app and click the subscribe button. I'm Wayne Shepherd. glad to have you with us today, but be sure to come back tomorrow where Mark begins a message to end the year and start the new. He's titled it, Getting a Good Start. That's Thursday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.